Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, to the In No Hurry podcast. I am your host, Cole Douglas Claiborne. It is so great to be back doing this podcast again after a few months break. I took some time off this summer to do some writing. It was really, really good to step away and focus on that for a bit. But I am so excited to be back with you guys doing this podcast again I'm really excited about this next season. The guests that we have so far are great. These are going to be great conversations. Just like always, uh, I've been so fortunate for the guests that we get to have on this show. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, first, I want to say welcome. So great to have new listeners. And especially as we start a new season, I'm hoping that more and more people will be able to discover this podcast and connect with the conversations that we have on here. Because ultimately, the goal of this podcast is to talk to people about where their creativity, their work, where that intersects with their faith. And so we like to talk about faith and some pretty deep topics on here. And other times it'll be a little bit lighter, but usually we try to have a good mix of talking about creativity and faith. So if that's up your alley, I hope you'll like the show. I hope you'll tune back in for future episodes. This week, I'm so excited to welcome on Todd Tillman and his wife, Brooke. Todd was the winner of The Voice back in the spring of 2020, just right as COVID was hitting. And he has written a book called Every Little Win along with his wife. And I was so excited to talk to them earlier this summer, just really about their whole journey being on The Voice and also the writing process, writing a book for the first time and what that's all been like. Really, He's like just a really cool down to earth guy. He was a former pastor and now he's focusing on his music. He lives just south of Nashville and just a really, really good dude. He and his wife, Brooke, are really good people. Seem like people that you'd want to just have over for pizza and hang out and watch a movie. They seem like really fun people. So I think you guys are going to really like this conversation. Before we get to that, though, I do want to update you on a few things. So as many of you guys know, this past summer, I did the book proposal boot camp with Lisa Turkhurst, along with about 100 or so other people that were fortunate to be selected for it and went through that. It was like a 12 week writing intensive process where we focused on getting a book proposal done. And I'm really, really happy with the work that I was able to produce. Really had a great time experiencing that. The group that I was able to work with were such awesome, talented people with really, really incredible ideas for books. And so they've already announced the uh, five or so people that are moving on to have their books sent off to Thomas Nelson to be reviewed. Mine was not one of them, which is perfectly fine. I was honestly not expecting that. Uh, It was a huge honor to be selected for this program anyway. And just to be able to go through this training was awesome. And so I'm now in the process of trying to to send my book proposal off to agents. And I know many of you guys have prayed for that and asked me about that. So just wanted to give an update. And that's really what I spent most of my summer working on was trying to get that book proposal where I want it to be so that I can start sending that off to some agents and potentially editors and publishers but I truly have missed doing this podcast and connecting with people who listen to this and honestly, just being able to share stories like we're going to today with Todd and Brooke Tillman. This conversation was just a lot of fun. So I'm excited for you guys to hear this. Here is my conversation with Todd and Brooke. Hope you enjoy. Well, I am happy to be joined by a winner of The Voice and his lovely wife, Brooke Tillman. This is Todd Tillman and Brooke Tillman. Welcome to the show, guys. How are you guys doing? Thank oh, we're you. good, man. We appreciate you inviting excited us. Excited to be here. So you are the winner, Todd, of season 18. Uh, so you had a little bit of a unique experience, I'm assuming, doing The Voice during a pandemic. Yeah. But walk me through, just uh, just so I can live kind of vicariously through you. <laughs> what is it like being on a show like that? Obviously, I grew up watching American Idol and that kind of stuff, but I, yeah. I love The Voice as well. And you got a four-chair turn with your yeah. song that you sang on the opening night. So walk me through just that that moment, just kind of walking out on stage, singing your song, and then seeing all four of the chairs turn for you. Man, I got to say, uh, I'll tell everybody, backstage was brutal. Like, really, uh, I've, I mean, I'm like, I guess I'm a regular human being. I get nervous, <laughs> but it was, I mean, it was like stratosphere kind of nervous, you know? And so that was really bad. And then, Part of the process, I I think they even show this part on TV now and then. I don't think they show it with everyone. But part of the process of blind audition is um, the the stage manager says over the speaker that the next contestant is taking the stage and you take the stage to total silence. Like there's not people don't like applaud you when you come out of those doors, you know. They don't make any sound. No noise. Yeah. There is zero sound, so it's kind of scary to me. It was intimidating, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, 
But uh, in all honesty, I tell everyone this. When I got on stage, I was still nervous. That's true. But I was better. And I don't know if it was because I was too far gone then. There's no turning back, you know. I mean, right. I guess I can turn around and ran off the stage. But, you know, uh, it was it was like better. It's, it's supposed to be over. Like you yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Stuff, it's like, okay, it's all this anxiety is supposed to be over. I guess so, yeah. It's, it's kind of like once you get going. I still had, like, the, the nerves. But it wasn't, like, backstage when it was, like, bad i mean i like it was like i wanted to throw up you know like it was bad mine heightened i think mine was, yeah. I was a little chill right flipped, in that yeah. moment I, I think i took all your anxiety maybe that's what the, that the lord did happened. yeah <laughs> must be what so uh so yeah man the the music started and and oh man you put so much preparation into that um and then also and i mean i don't mean to i don't mean to like exclude any of my colleagues and peers that were on the voice with me I'm, I'm don't really know what all of their circumstances were, but for me, the place that I was in my life, it was like, this is, this is my shot. Like I have to shoot this shot, you know? And so I sang a couple of lines, man, and a couple of chairs turn. And then I was good. My, I, I just got, I had a plan. This is not where I'm going to walk. I'm going to walk over here and then I'm going to walk over there. But it just totally went down the toilet, man, whenever the chairs turned. And he went full on church mode. I, yeah, I just was real, real excited, you know, and so uh, and relieved. And so it was a remote. Everybody said, well, I want to say everybody. Lots of people say you kind of black out. I did not. I remember my blind audition well. I, I did not like that. telling me on the phone beforehand because like, they did kind of, it wasn't like a lot you do, but they did kind of walk you through. Well, they kind of show you like, you, you know, they don't want you, know, you to just stand where still. Where the cameras are going to be yeah. at or when you see the camera and stuff like that. So I was expecting Todd to kind of told me how he was doing. So when I kind of looked to the side and saw him go into that little like hop and jump and like twirl, I'm like, <laughs> he went straight church. Like he went straight how he does in church. I and I excited. loved it though. I loved it because I wasn't expecting that, but I thought it was, I thought the moment the chair started turning, you like flip to like total. Well, then, you know, joy. like it was just joy. My I goal mean, was make a team. And I had, by, well, at, even with those first two, I was on a team. I was on a team. Yeah. So the pressure was relieved, obviously, when those, because it was like after the first few bars of the song that you got the chairs to turn. And then you see yeah. your wife just kind of obviously release the joy. I assume yeah. you were nervous backstage. I, I love seeing those shows because you see like the family and the parents, the wives in the backstage, they, you know, they're just, they're, they can't control anything. They're just nervous waiting for hoping for a chair to turn. Sometimes it takes to like the very end of the song. Oh yeah. You got yours got turned. <laughs> you, you got, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, that would have been awful. Yeah. I feel like yeah. this the end of the song. <laughs> Because I think yeah, uh, it's Carson Daly who's backstage with you. Is that right? right yeah. Right. So he gives so he gives Brooke a hug, and it's like you kind of know from there, like okay, we've made it, we're safe, we've got yeah. at least yeah. one person who's on board with us. But you get all four, and I gotta imagine. I mean, that's that's a got to be a pretty validating feeling. Yeah, pretty good feeling. You ultimately went with Blake. Uh, why, why did you go with what, what was what was it about Blake that you decided that you liked him the most? Oh, uh, you know, I I went with Blake because. I was hoping, you know, it's weird. I'm part of the reality TV universe now. Yeah. And still when I watch reality shows, I still watch them as if that's really exactly what's happening. And I know <laughs> it's not fully, you know, yeah. <laughs> I was part of it. But uh, so anyway, I said that to say I chose Blake because I was really hoping that he would be like he appeared on television. Right. And he was, he was fun. And he was, I mean, he's professional when it's, when it's time to work, we worked, you know, but he's, he's really lighthearted and, yeah. and that's what I was hoping for. And that's but me and him are a lot more alike as, as I humans. I think like personality wise. Yeah. Because all know, of them can sing. They're all connected. They all could teach and me when tons. they like pitch, you know, you don't get to hear the whole pitch and for like time constraints, they have to cut down the pitches yeah. for TV. But like they each like five. Yeah, they all spent maybe minutes. like five minutes yeah, wow. trying to get me to join their team. I was like, oh my god, I want to pick them all. Me too. I was <laughs> like, oh my gosh! But I knew Blake went last. He did. And yeah. once he started talking, it wasn't a minute in. I was like, Todd's gonna pick Blake. Yeah. Like just the things he said, and I knew that connection there. And I'm like, Todd's gonna pick Blake. Yeah. Yeah, he's still, he's still that way. He texted me today. Did he? Yeah, I didn't even know that. Well, it's his birthday. <laughs> he texted me back. But, you know, oh, it's his birthday. Happy birthday, Blake! Birthday. Happy birthday, Blake! He's I'm sure he's listening to this. He's sure. listening for sure. <laughs> he googles Todd Tillman hey, on the daily. <laughs> If I if I find out one day that Blake Shelton's listening to my podcast, then I'll just I'll feel like I was also a winner. Yeah, on I'll, send, I'll send him a link. 
There we go. All right. <laughs> Maybe that way, something that I've created will come across Blake Shelton's desk and, yeah. you know, he'll hear this. So, but what I think is really cool is, you know, whenever I see shows like this and I see people, obviously you're a pastor and you're very open about that. And there's other people that have been on these shows that have shared about their faith and that sort of stuff too. But it's a nationwide audience that gets to hear a pastor, you know, in somewhat of a secular environment, talking about their faith, talking about Jesus and in some cases, there may be some people that might shy away from that conversation. They may not want to, you know, reveal that part of their life. Obviously, you're that's who you are. And yeah. how how awesome is that to be able to share your faith and who Jesus is to a national audience on a show like The Voice? Uh, you know, I mean, of course, it's like remarkable, but I always I hate to take too much credit. You know, right. like I just I just kind of did. I'm a man of faith and we've just, we've lived on faith basically our whole lives. And so it's almost just like it was second nature to me just to be, this is who I am. You yeah. know, I don't have any. Like a big deal to us is to be authentic. And yeah, if we're I mean, authentic, you know, our relationship with Jesus makes, it's, it's not a just big a part, part of my life. life. Yeah. It consumes our whole life. Yeah. And um, so even if you don't talk about it, I, we hope it's evident in the way yeah, it's we because the more I think about it and I don't know, I don't I don't have like a photographic memory or anything, but I don't really remember just especially what aired. I mean, I did get to talk about my faith a lot, but of course, a lot of that didn't air. Right. But uh, I don't really remember, you know, a whole lot of that airing. I think I guess I'm, I don't know, man, I'm hoping that if you know the Lord, People should be able to tell eventually. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it was cool during your blind audition because, like, so many of them, the, the, the fact that you were a pastor resonated with them. You know, I think Kelly Clarkson was like, I grew up in the church. Nick Jonas yeah. was like, I grew up in the church. John Legend saying, I also grew up in the church. You know, so it was cool to see that resonate with them. And uh, I think you brought up Phillips, Craig, and Dean, and they were amazed yeah. that I remember, I actually remember watching this live because I, I, I went back and rewatched this whenever we prepare for this interview. And I was like, I actually remember watching that live because I remember all of them talking about that. And I was like, that's really cool that they're talking. So before I even, long before I knew you were going to be on this podcast, I remember watching that, that episode oh, of The cool, Voice Live. Yeah. So that's oh, kind of, cool that's moment. just kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just, it's, it's so cool. I think to see that resonate with them, that aspect of who you are resonate with them. And I think what you guys are saying is so true. Just being genuine. And and I, I could see that just in the 10 minutes we've been talking now that, you know, you guys are who you are, you're genuine. But uh, that, that's something that I have, I, I do a lot of writing and, and I've written a lot about that too, just about how, you know, being yourself is, is one of the most beautiful things that you can do because God's created you to be unique. He's created you right. with unique skills. Uh, maybe just kind of expand on that just for both of you guys. Obviously you share a lot of that in your book here, but how much of that is just, you know, maybe you didn't set out to be an author someday, be on the voice. It just was kind of like, Hey, I'm living my life. I'm being who I am. This is what God has done with it. So maybe can you guys both speak to just the Testament of, of faith that you've had in God, that he has been able to use you in mm -hmm. who you are. You haven't really had to be someone that you're not. Yeah. I think, I think, yeah, like it's, it's, it's a huge deal for us. We really want to be authentic because I know for me, if you're not real with me, like I, I think people can pick up a fake a mile away. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what really connects with people is authenticity. And I think if you're not authentic to who you are, then you're not going to live out the authentic destiny that God has for you. You're going to miss it because you're going to be trying to walk out somebody else's anointing or somebody else's what you think works. And so I think the biggest thing with being authentic is, you know, if you choose to not be your authentic self, then you're missing out on the, you know, the destiny God had for you because he created you to walk out that destiny, which means you got to be yourself, you know? And so for me, that's a huge deal. And then just expanding upon that, not just for us, we're really, really big on teaching our kids and yeah. letting our kids, not just teaching them. You have to, a lot of times parents say they want their kids to be who they are, but do they, they do. want them <laughs> inside the box of what we think they should be? And so we and are, it can be a challenge. It, it, it yeah. can. And so that's a big deal. And we started that really young. It was a decision we made because we felt growing up a little bit sometimes boxed into a certain box. It's, and so we wanted our kids the freedom to be who God created them to be, even if it didn't fit the mold that everybody thought they should be. And we have a lot of kids. So we've had oh, a lot yeah. of experience. It's funny to me because like, I don't feel like authenticity. I don't feel like I'm making a choice to do it. I don't know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, just, mean, you're just living who you are. Yeah, I mean, you I are. mean I, on the show, man, I really have to say as many jokes as have been made on the show and since I won, um, 
I credit a lot of it to me being an old dude, man. I, I was just too old to really <laughs> try to be cool. Get in all. I know I'm not cool, you know. So I'm not fixing to try to act like I'm like Mr. Joe Cool up there. I don't you think know, you were really humbled by the experience. You oh thought, yeah, I shouldn't be here. These other guys. It was really validating, but it was humbling too, man. It was like equally validating and humbling. Because you had weird. never performed on anything but a church, like yeah. Not, I, I mean, not really performing. Man, I just kept thinking they were yeah. gonna send me home, so I was yeah. just happy to be there. You know? And so I think that was just that kind of flowed out is that. Yeah. We're just humbled to be here and yeah. we just wanted to be ourselves. But, but I do think for people listening, y'all, authenticity is the key in your walk with Christ. You've got to be authentic who you are, because I just do think that's what resonates with people the most, you know, like Paul says, you know, not to boast, you know, I boast in my weaknesses. And yeah. so sometimes we just have to be transparent because I think when we boast in our strengths, people are like, I can't be like that. You're perfect. You know, that's too, you're too, you know, so to me, I think it's okay just to be authentic and show we all have struggles. And we're I all shoot. real people. I don't, even, don't even try to be like me. You can be me if you want the job. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, this it's so refreshing to hear that, I mean, and I know that like you're not trying to to preach some some awesome message here. It's just you guys are t- talk about who you really are. But I think you say early in the book, you're like, you know, just for me to be on the stage felt like a win. Yeah. And I think, that, and I think that's such a cool aspect because I, I'm sure that there might be some younger people who who go on a show like this and they feel like this is my one ticket to fame. This is my one ticket to success. If I don't mess up on the, if I don't, if I don't uh, cash in on this opportunity. It might not ever happen. And it sounds, at least for me hearing this, that was not the approach that you had. And it was more or less like, this is just a cool experience. I'm going to see what God has for it. And and, uh, it doesn't doesn't sound like you put as much pressure on yourself. And maybe that's, I don't know, maybe you could speak to that. I knew that I had to, I knew, I, I guess I basically knew I had to give it what I had. But that was more because I was personally in a transitional phase in my life. And, you know, in fairness, it really could have been a midlife crisis. I don't know. man. (laughs) I I mean, everyone's last, but maybe it was. I don't know. You know, Uh, but, you know, I did try to continually remind myself because it wasn't like I'm just like, oh, everything's cool. It's all cool. You know, I just would sort of continually remind myself this story is already written. And it's just for me to be here at all is really 10 times further than I thought. Mm-hmm. Literally, the, I, when I went to my um, open call, I was frustrated because I just knew they were just going to send me home. You know? <laughs> yeah, like we went into it like first, it was kind of like on a whim of this will be a cool story to tell our kids. Not no, you that did that. Uh, I didn't even want to go. Right, yeah. <laughs> something to tell our kids do something crazy try something you know it'll be a fun story to tell like I think he's a fabulous singer I knew that I knew that he could sing I knew that people like him but you never know what shows are looking for so we had no idea that it would turn into even getting on the show and then our goal once we got past the trial or the initial audition was to get a blind audition so then once we achieved that we wanted one chair so we got four then it was we said our let's next make goal, the live, let's show, make the yeah. live shows. And then once we did that, we then we that, didn't even have a goal. We really were like, we're, we're good. just like, hey, you know, you know like, <laughs> like we checked off all the boxes. What we did, yeah, yeah. We were so we're happy, and it really was either way it went. We did not expect to win, you guys. We really, I really thought Thunder was going to win. I thought that too. And yeah. I prepped my kids in between like commercials. You know, I'm like, we are not going to cry. We are going to cheer on no matter what. You know, I, wins, yeah, yeah, I was, we, we have little kids who don't understand. And so I was prepping them, no matter what, we're going to cheer. And so, and we really were okay with that. Yeah, We were oh, more yeah. nervous for blind. Shoot, who makes it on the finale on the board? <laughs> we, we were more nervous for the blind audition, I think. We, not that we wasn't nervous, but we were more oh, nervous. Oh, I was the least nervous in the finale of the whole of thing. Of the whole thing. Yeah. Because yeah. we just, we, had, we felt like we won either way. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like at that point, you feel like you're maybe just playing with house money or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, when we were in the finale, it's not that you're not nervous when they're like, I mean, I wanted, and the winner of the voice is. Then you do have nerves. But it's not. It was nothing like yeah, yeah. the weeks yeah. building up to that. I really wanted to win so we could take our kids to Disney World, which we still hadn't done yet. We're, well, we're waiting, waiting. We're waiting for it to go completely back. COVID to free. We need yeah. to be COVID and, free. Um, but yeah. I really, because our kids, they put a lot of effort in this. This too. When it went oh, home with yeah. COVID, our kids really helped, and I, I, I wanted that for them. for them. It was a lot of work for them, and a lot of. They had to have a lot of grace in that season because it was a tough, you know, it wasn't tough. It was just hard work. It was a hard work. It was just a lot. (laughs) So I I, I wanted that for them. I felt like they deserved. So, so I was super excited, but I, the night before I'll tell this, like I got, I was so tired. I I, I told myself, okay, tomorrow, if we do win, you guys, you know, we're going to McDonald's. I meant Disney World. 
My kids bless my heart. They were excited about McDonald's. Well, let them get excited about McDonald's. <laughs> they, uh, they, were, they were like, woohoo. <laughs> hey, you know, sometimes you can treat the play place at McDonald's like it's Disney World. So yeah. you never know. <laughs> so tell me about the moment then, whenever they did say the winner of The Voice is Todd Tillman. I mean, we'll like? have to speak to that, man, because I legitimately don't remember it. I tell, I've told 100 journalists and podcasters, I don't remember. I, mm. I remember them saying my name. And I remember a, a little bit later, I guess they were calling me because it was remote. You know, they're calling me back to the tablet because there's like a press thing. Mm-hmm. But the time in between, I don't remember. I, <laughs> I, th- I think for me, like I tell people and I've told this uh, multiple times, I don't think you get very few perfect moments in life. And this was one of them. Like we normally, we're used to getting a nose somewhere or the other shoe dropping or something going well, wrong. We've got enough nose since. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and, and we've had a lot of nose before, which is different things. So for me, um, it really was one of those, we, we did not get a nose through that entire process. Yeah. Everything was good. Every uh, door yeah. was open and, and, and you don't get a lot of that. And so it was a moment, it was a perfect moment. I, we had our whole, like our family and friends were like, cause we were in the church. We did, they let us do our COVID from the church because instead, we, of, instead of our house. Yeah. And so there was our friends and family, they had like confetti cannons, which made me so nervous because I really thought that I thought I thought we weren't going to win. I thought in the excitement, you have to hold it and just time it just right. They're going to shoot it off anyway. So it's going to look like we won on TV when we didn't win, which is going to be very embarrassing. We're going to be going nuts. <laughs> yeah. And we didn't even win. So I was so like nervous, but in that moment, and I remember that, you know, they take forever. They drag it out oh, yeah. and, pause, yeah. and we're just all like cleaned in together. And it's almost like you hear your name and then it's like, I you remember scream, my name. I but in my mind, I'm like, did they just say that? Like, like, you like, did I hear that? Or did I think I hear that? <laughs> I don't know. And it's somebody else. So let's look. And I think the sweetest moment to me was Olive. Yeah, Olive. Olive's got just really you know, emotional. She's 11 and she just got really emotional. She's one of those that she just powers through any situation yeah. that's nervous. And so the moment they announced his name, and then after it kind of second took place, and I looked down, she was just crying. Yeah, she got emotional. I don't know. For me, that was just a moment. And then Louis was completely wrapped up in some kind of confetti. Yeah. It, it just was, it was a perfect moment. That's the only yeah, way I can, yeah. it's the rest of our lives, that will be a perfect moment that we have to document. And, it, and it's on TV, so we can always show well, our, grand, our great I think they eventually wipe that stuff from their YouTube. <laughs> well, I will always have it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. And, you know, this is all wrapped up, the, the stories from this and other parts of your life, it's wrapped up in this book. And what I love about the book, too, is it's told through different, you know, through your each, each of yours perspectives. Sometimes whenever you see you know, books kind of co-authored by two people, it's written differently, but it's like, I love how it's got the, 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 the Brooks section, it's got the Todd section in each yeah. chapter and that sort of stuff. So I think it's really cool. Tell me how this book came to be. Um, it seems like maybe whenever something like this happens, a book is kind of the, the natural progression, but did you ever dream that you'd write a book and now you're, now you could say you're the winner of the voice, but also now both of you guys are authors of a book. So, so tell me how this came to be and, and what the reception of this book has been so far. Um, I think that like right after the voice happened, um, pretty soon after it, like uh, Trisha Gorier, who helped us kind the of, co-author. yeah, she helped us put it all together. Wrote she's wrote we books just before. Told she helped yeah. us. Right. I don't book. know how to write a book. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Really good writer, but we don't. But I can't write a book. I tried to write a book one time, and no kidding, I wrote for weeks and weeks, and then I printed (laughs) it at the office, and it was like nine pages or something. You know, I'm like, you know what? Screw this. I'm not. So Trisha posted on Facebook. Does anyone know how I can get a hold of Brooke Tillman? Like tat, like like she just put it out there. And um, so people started messaging me and um, she uh, actually wanted to do a podcast with me. So I did a podcast with her. And when we started talking on podcasts, we had such a great time. She's like, I really think they, you know, we could write a, I think y'all could write a book about your story. And she already had in, in that world. And she yeah, started, she's already an author. Yeah. Actually. And she started, and I really thought, okay, you know, you think I people actually say thought that, not, like, and it's not going to really happen. <laughs> and so I thought, you know, yeah, sure. We'll write a book. Let's write a book. Okay. And, but man, it just kind of, it really did happen. Yeah. Really <laughs> did happen. And I actually, you know, when I look at it now, it's kind of like the voice. I still don't believe it happened. Sometimes it doesn't. So even like when I see this book, I'm like, we're really going to have a book that it's like in Target or Barnes and Nobles or like, that's crazy to me. Like, yeah. 
And I don't think sometimes because I really tell people, and I'm glad for this, but we're just normal people, and I still feel like a normal person. We are painfully and normal. I don't <laughs> it's be weird to walk down Walmart and see a book with our face on it, and we're in Walmart, you know, looking real bad. Yeah, <laughs> like that lady reached out to me on Instagram one time. She's like, "Do you do you ever interact with normal people on here?" I said, "I you am a normal, normal person on here." <laughs> <laughs> so I think for us sometimes we literally forget. Like, or just, or you just don't think it happened. Like it really didn't happen. Like, so it's, it's kind of surreal sometimes in some ways. Yeah. Well, that's, it's refreshing because, you know, I, I've been fortunate. I've not had this experience with people on my podcast, but I know that there are people who, you know, maybe they kind of experience a stroke of success and it gets to their head and they kind of start to big time the people that are in their lives. And, oh, yeah. you know, they kind of go the opposite route of what right. y'all are talking about. You do. So it is refreshing to hear Hey, like, yeah, this happened, but oh, no. we're still the same people. <laughs> I'm going to give you a fair warning. It might be tomorrow. It might be five years from now, but I'm going to do something really embarrassing. And so I'm just not, Look, and I'm I not going to build myself up. You I, know? Yeah. All the time. I have eight kids and they humble me all the time. Oh God, yeah. I had yeah. one kid the other day that told me, cause I was telling some of my kids, I'm like, well, now you and you and daddy, y'all are big, you know, y'all, y'all drink all your drink. I only drink a little bit of my drink. I'm not a big drinker. Yeah, like if I buy a soda, I'm drinking that well, thing, I, I you know? I'll <laughs> pay for it. And, and Louie, my seven-year-old, says, but mama, you're a big eater. I'm like, well, I guess, yeah, okay, maybe I do eat a little bit. It's got to make <laughs> you feel great, yeah. <laughs> so my kids humble me all the time and remind us that we're just straight, regular people. And to me, too, like, I don't know, like, I just... It, it just feels, I don't know, it's, I, my life feels really a lot the same, except I'm way busier, you know, but it, and it's, it just feels a lot the same. And it does same. kind of show yeah. you a little bit, it really is, these people out there that are really way up here, we think that, we get nervous, they really are just regular people. Well, some yeah. of them are just. Now, some of them are just, some of them are just head, but, you know, they shouldn't let it, and really, why are we intimidated or scared about it? Because they really start out, they're regular people like the rest of yeah. us. Yeah. You know, so, I don't know, I try to keep that perspective, is we'll do something that people won't like. That'll probably oh, that's right, that's, <laughs> I'm telling you, I just, I don't have it in me to try to get all bougie, because I'm telling you, man, I'll do something. Something's going to happen to make me look like a fool. And so I just don't want to be, I would, the lower to the, closer to the ground I am when I fall, the the easier that landing is going to right. be. <laughs> Man, you talked about you guys have eight kids. Yeah. Just, I, I'm, I'm married. We've got no kids. So I can't even imagine one, let alone eight. Yeah. How, how is, how, how are you guys making all this work with all these things that have happened in the past year? While yeah. still being parents of eight kids, that just uh, seems like a lot going on. Answer. We're not making it work. Uh, <laughs> How are you yeah. attempting to make it yeah, work? We, we, you know, we always have said though, even before the show, that I, you know, because people are like, "How do you rein in the chaos?" You kind of don't, but we embrace it. You do sort of embrace it in a reasonable way. I mean, but, we have systems that work for us. Yeah, we, we, we really, really do. operate off of a tribe pack mentality. Yeah, you know, all for one, one for all. We really all pitch in. And um, everybody helps. And, you know, we had to, we've had to call on a little bit of help from grandparents lately. Here, oh, man, yeah. going on. Um, our oldest son has flied the coop. Flown, flied. See, flied. can you imagine? We're authors. We're <laughs> you guys are be writing a book. I homeschool my kids too. <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyway, and he's, he's in LA right now. So he's our 21 year old, but we do have older yeah. kids and they help a lot with our, it's, with our younger ones. It's just a team. It's we not, I don't think it's what people think it is. Uh, I don't know. I can't read their minds. And we're but, also, we low, you know, every kid, I, I seen a sign that says every kid you have, you lower your standards. We've probably lowered We're our buried standards ours, man. of how clean our house has to <laughs> we be. We dug a hole and put how some standards How clean looking our children have to look to go to church or go somewhere else. Like, yeah. we, we've lowered that with each kid. And we just kind of like, you know what? At the it's, end of the day, some of this stuff just don't matter. And and we just make it work. And I, our think kids people, are happy I think and, people might envision like this, like, you know, popcorn all over the floor and kids swinging from the chandelier and like mom's got babies on each hip you know but it's really not it's now it they really it they do the older ones do sort of help take care but more than that they sort of entertain one yeah another, they just you know? they love each other entertain each and other actually and the more kids we have aside from financially <laughs> uh it sort of takes it takes the weight off of us doesn't put it on us you know yeah, yeah, our kids have built-in playmates. We yeah. say they entertain each other. Um, they kind of, I love the fact. Uh, they're that, friends. That, yeah, we, we try to foster that, that they're, they're friends, friends with one another. And our kids have learned it ain't all about them. 
they can't do every yeah. sport and activity because there's eight of them. And so we have to all kind of give and take so everybody gets to do something. And so they kind of learned the mentality of we all have to work together. I tell them all the time, God chose to put you in a big family. God chose me to be a mom of a big family. We can't do what people with two kids can do, but we get a lot more things that people with two kids don't have. Yeah. And so we just kind of work it that way. And it's just normal to them. It's normal yeah. to them. Yeah, we've, I guess we've just grown accustomed. It, yeah. And we have a good support system. We do have a oh, lot of yeah, people that, that are phenomenal yeah. and help us when we need it. Um, from family to just church friends to we just have a good support system. Yeah. yeah. Stepped in and helped us. So you guys, I mean, individually, obviously, have, have your own stories. You have your stories together as, as a married couple. And this this book is, you know, talks about kind of the the mountaintops that we've talked about, you know, the book and and winning the voice and that kind of stuff, but also, you know, some of the struggles you guys have gone through. And, you know, how, I guess, maybe can you elaborate on, on some of the, maybe the, the the hardest seasons you guys have gone through as a family, as a couple, and how you guys were able to rely on your faith uh, through that, but also just kind of how you guys have gotten to where you're at now as a family and as a couple. I mean, how much has your faith grown from the start of your marriage to now? Oh, man. Faith to me has always been that we're me and Brooke are all, not every way, but in almost every way, we're kind of yin and yang, you know, yeah. like, uh, and really in almost every way, faith to her is, and I don't, I don't know how to put this because I don't want to come across wrong to like the people of the world, but faith to her is a much more spiritual experience. And for me, it's more practical, yeah. you know, we I, tend to say like, if we come to a mountain, I'm going to speak to the mountain to move. Todd's going to get a shovel. Yeah. I mean, and so through the years, man, like early on, we almost divorced and, and I did trust God and I did trust the word of God. I even pasted the word of God all over our house when she was gone, you know, but I also, I mean, I'm really practical. I was like, we just do the work. We had to figure out what I'm literally, even now when she's struggling, sometimes I'm really, when I say when she's struggling, it's not like she struggled every day, but like when, yeah. when she's frustrated at me or whatever's happening, I, sometimes I say it in a, in a more, uh, I don't know, like a more impassioned way and sometimes yeah. not, but I just like, what do you, what can I do? Like, well, I, and I, but that's how I am, you know? And so, but I will say, I think a lot of times faith is moving in a direction. And I, one thing that I learned a long time ago is that faith alone, faith itself without anything else pleases God. And so a lot of times, if you'll just have enough faith to move, mm -hmm. even if you're moving in the wrong direction, God will honor that, you know, yeah. and it get you, you up just to because this. he sees that. Yeah. Not what he's going to do. So it pleases him here. To with, kind of yeah. With Hosea and, and what he went through, not being the able adoption. to eat and the adoptions and, and like the adoptions. I mean, a lot of people may, and I don't, I don't, I'm certainly not bashing them, but you do you, man. But, uh, mm -hmm. But a lot of people may like go in their room and get down on their knees and just cry out to God for the funds. But what I did was printed up t-shirts and made a GoFundMe and we had a garage sale, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so, and then now the second time God did show up, he has That's to, right. I mean, I he did, yeah. we, we, we needed him and he came through. Just, I think bled everybody dry. Like she come right after but, Jesus. So. You know, when the scripture says you move from faith to faith, That's what I was going to say, uh, what I think is, mm -hmm. I think, and I don't know. Now, listen, I'll tell you this. A lot of people disagree with me on this and that's cool. That our differences are supposed to make us strong, you know, if we're <laughs> allowed. But uh, so I think that people can look at one scripture and read two different things and both of them be right. I'm not, you know, I don't think that. Mm -hmm. you, and so when I read that scripture that says we move from faith to faith for us, what that has meant is through almost divorcing and having sick kids and going through those adoptions and all the bullying. And it was real. It's like, it was almost like eighties movies yeah. style bullying. It was really real though. Uh, and I think going through all that, we, we saw that God got us through that. And so, now, when things like that come up, we really don't worry anymore. We know that he's going, but now we're working on a different faith. 
you know yeah. <laughs> we yeah. moved from that faith to this faith I feel like <laughs> for me you know when you say people can look at a scripture to the things you're meaning more to the effect of sometimes there's a word that speaks right to your life now yeah yeah and it kind of has a different perspective well i mean like within reason well you know everybody just interprets the word no i like, mean like within reason i knew what you were trying to say i'm just playing fun for you because i love yeah you. um but for me you actually took part what i was going to say the faith to faith thing was the what exactly what the lord was putting on my heart because for me, you know, the word of God says we overcome um, by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And I remember, you know, after we've been through a lot of this, I shared my full testimony in front of the whole church. Yeah, with the anxiety and, and, and all. anxiety yeah. with Hosea and with all, all the struggle. And it, in that sharing my testimony, God reminded me of all these memorials, all these from faith to faith to faith. God never once let me down, though either in the moment I might have felt like, where are you, God? As I got further along, I saw exactly what God was doing, exactly what God was at. And so he does take us from faith to faith to faith. And I think that's what this book and that story is about is to show. And we all have that. If you stop and go back, God is taking you from faith to faith to faith. Yeah, man, if you just look back over your life collectively, man, God really has done a lot of things, you know. That's true. The word of God's true. And when I look back over my life, we've never been forsaken never once and no. so i have yeah. the faith now moving forward when we're hit with something else god will be faithful it may not feel it in that moment but i have all those faiths all those memorials where god was faithful to remind me and that's why i think our testimony you, you sharing that reminds you and reminds others that god yeah. is faithful yeah. yeah yeah one thing that I, I wanted to kind of camp out too is you know obviously i'm 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 a little bit younger than y'all i'm 31 and a lot of people in my age bracket that have gotten married you know, within two or three years, they're, they're either getting divorced or struggling to, you know, through that where they're possibly going to get divorced. You guys went through that as well. What would you maybe say to younger couples that, uh, maybe they hit a spot early on in their marriage and that's, that's a, that's a, a fork that they're, that they're at, they're trying to decide, should we stay together? Should we get, you know, should we get a divorce? How did, how did you guys push through that season? And maybe even from a pastor's standpoint, how would you counsel, uh, a young couple through that? (laughs) Heavy question, I know. If you see a way out, take it. <laughs> I'm good. Oh, man. You know, the only thing that I can say from experience in our family and experience with the faithfulness of God. Uh, and, you know, uh, you know, again, I'm the type of guy like a, a lot of times the blessings of God come to us disguised as hard work, you know, and uh like we don't see that you, often. You have to put in the just work. put in the work, and I will say this. Now, again, I want to I want to like be real clear. Like, if you're in whatever capacity, if you're being abused right. or uh, you know or things like right. that, that's a whole other thing. You know, that's not what we're speaking to. Yeah, right. Like, but to. with us, and I would tell any any couple coming up, it. I promise you, this is a hard hill to climb, but it is better on the other side if you'll just hang on that you don't have to have the best marriage through the struggle. I mean, we, we've had times where, I mean, it's literally like, you know what, today we are literally, and not just today, today, tomorrow, whatever, during those seasons, it's almost like we were just tolerating one another through that you, season. You know, I, I think yeah. we have, first of all, we had a very good, like, if you, you know, if you can, and most of us hopefully um, get you a good, like we had a, I had a good support system. Oh yeah. yeah, godly yeah. People don't go to people that didn't choose to work it out. That like, if you're wanting your marriage to work, you need to go to people that's been there, got through it, got to their side of it. It can give you godly sound advice to speak into your life. That's what I had. That's what we had to kind of encourage us through it. Um, and I just want to be here to speak to you since we are, I'm 41. We've been, we're hitting 23 years of marriage. We get that right. 23 and yes. And so Congratulations. I, I want to encourage you. It feels if, like 43. If we would have quit when I wanted to quit huh. and we were about to quit, I had to sign. Oh, I mean, we had divorce papers. Yeah. Like she had had papers. Yeah. Drawn it was up and what? How many years in? Three years in? It was, it, it was literally next year would be 20 years ago. Yeah. And we had, wow. we had, we had Egan one, we had one little boy. Ian was two. And then now look at the story that God had written that we would have missed out on. Yeah. And so if I can encourage you with anything, you can't see the, you know, on the other side of the mountain without the climb, period. Yeah, I, I hate right. to sound like Miley Cyrus here. I love that. <laughs> That's what I was but, thinking. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, you really can't, though, that you really can't. And so when you get on the other side, I'm speaking from the other side. 
it's worth She's the work. In like a wrecking ball. Yes, it's worth the work. But you know, but but to me, and just try to remember, you're on the same team. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're on the same team. You may not like each other that much right now, but you're on the yeah, same from, team. From my perspective, you do just. But this is the way that I've dealt with my whole life when I was a child, and even now, you you have to just sometimes put your head down and, let's and just power through. Be you know? real. The statistics. Your second, you know, this, the second marriage is blow up worse than the first marriage. You're not going to. Oh, Lord, one's enough for me. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. speaking here, you're better to work if out. If you ever run out, I'm just going to be a bachelor. You, you're better to work <laughs> out your first marriage. You know, of course, if there's no abuse or anything like that going on, you're not going to fare any better in the second one if you don't do well, it. Well, statistically, statistically. I mean, there are the so, exceptions to well, the Well, yes, but I'm just saying, I think most people would wish they would have just worked it out. You know, if you just give up. So I'm just saying, just do the work, you know, and, and because marriage is hard. It ain't going to get any easier with somebody else because there's two people meshing together and that's going to be hard no yeah. matter what. And so, you know, just but it's do the always work. it's also really great. You know, yeah. like uh, yeah. and a lot of, you want to look back 30 years from now and be like, what a ride. The yeah, ups, the downs, I mean, the really, drops, really the things great. you were scared, you know, but it, at the end, it was a really fun ride. Yeah. And you did it together. Yeah. You, you touched on what was going to be my next question. It was just, and you said basically how, you know, you, you would have missed out on the story that God wrote through both of you guys. Cause I don't know. I mean, it sounded like you all were relatively young then whenever yes. you were going to oh, consider. Yeah, I, I was probably 24, 25. And I was probably what, 21. No, yeah. you're only two years younger than me. So you would have been 22 or 23. Yeah. We were young and it was yeah. several, just a couple years in our marriage. Yeah. Yeah. We, and, you got married in 98. That was March. You left in March of 2002. Yeah. So it was quickly in you, you know, I, the big thing for me is you go in, sometimes we all have a fantasy of how we think marriage is going to be. Right. And that fantasy I had being young and immature was fed off Hollywood and romance movies. Yep. And Dawson's and, Creek. Yeah. Dawson's Creek. <laughs> I was a huge Dawson's Creek fan. Man, we tried to watch it. My wife and I did. We, we made it through one episode and I swear it was the longest 45 minutes. Like we're watching it and we get to the end of it and I was like, was this still the same episode? And she's like, yeah, it was. Ep-. And I was like, oh my gosh. Because we were, we were big One Tree Hill fans and that oh, was yeah, kind of yeah. like I watched that too. so yeah. as an aside i proposed to my wife actually at the site what at what was called the river court on one tree hill yeah. and so so cool. so we watched dawson's creek because it was filmed in wilmington north carolina as well and i was like maybe we can get into this like i'm a big fan of 90s culture i was born in 89 i still consider myself to be a 90s kid so like I, I was like, I'm going to try this show. We just we could not get into it. So we never watched it Wait again a few after that. years and try it again. It's, if you get on it, it is so good. I'm like, yeah. you know, Casey and Joey forever for me. Like, <laughs> it's just like that first crazy. episode, it felt like it was three episodes. I was like, my goodness, it's still <laughs> the first one. So, but, uh, but yeah, that's, it's so encouraging to hear that. Cause I know like just so many of my friends who've gotten married young, they, they, stuff has happened. Now, granted, like you said, you know, there's infidelity, abuse, that kind of thing that happens. But like, I've had friends of mine that have gotten divorced because they just, they didn't, they didn't get along or whatever that, you know, they just, it was almost like whenever you break up in high school and it's one of those things where it's just just so it's disappointing to see that and see those statistics because it's going to be hard from time to time. It's not hard overall. I mean, I hope people understand that. But yeah. it's like anything else that's worthwhile. It's gonna right. be hard. I saw an, I heard an analogy at a, a marriage thing we went to one time where and I didn't think about it like this because you know, divorces are just getting buried where people are just like, Hey, we don't like each other anymore, just part the ways. It's just oh, you don't so even have to simple. get an attorney really. Yeah, you can do it yourself. Yeah, right. Like, you know, and literally you, you just Facebook. change your Facebook status and that's I'm not married anymore. That's yeah. it. It's, it's like legal. Brought out like how and brought scripture where it's literally like violently ripping apart one thing. And when you hear that and think about that, like because you become one and it is like violently, like the word, like the way she broke it down, I was like, wow, I think we're not realizing like how devastating and traumatic that really is to our spirit man when we do that. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's what people go into the next marriages. Uh, you're now, not even, you know, it does. It does. One big pet peeve of mine though, I will say now I'm not a, I'm not a proponent of divorce. Let me say that. But like one big pet peeve of mine is when people say you're breaking those vows you made, man, you break those vows before you divorce. You know, yeah. we, yeah. we've broken those vows. Like we didn't love each other like we should and honor each other. And like we should. Don't you don't understand know? the concept of covenant either. Yeah. You yeah. know, you can break a contract, but yeah. covenant is something that's not supposed to be broken. And I think people have lost sight of that a little bit and they give up 
yeah. way too soon because once you really, really, I'm telling you guys, there is a beautiful side. You do fall deeper in love. You may not feel like you do, but you really do. If you fight oh, yeah. through those hard times, you grow closer together. So it is worth it. Like, don't get, you know, don't give up. Don't quit. And, yeah. and then, you know, there's another hill to climb later on. And it is, you know, it's part of it. You know? Yeah. And if you've done that, there is restoration. I don't want to shame anybody out there that has walked through divorce. Oh, no. Or is walking through that. God is a God that restores and he redeems our stories. As a matter fact, I would have, say the majority of our closest friends have been, yes, been and right, yeah. God bring restoration and redemption in that because that's what God does. Yeah. He redeems our stories. We're all broken. All of yeah. our stories. Well, yeah, that's what I keep trying to tell everybody, man. We all suck in our own way. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We did. My, my wife and I earlier this year, uh, in, in February, we did kind of a, like a series on marriage. My wife is a, is a mental health therapist. She does, she does a lot with couples and couples therapy and that sort of stuff. And so I, I had her on, I had her on as a co-host that month. And, and we had my parents, uh, my dad and my stepmom who were on and my dad and my birth mother divorced when I was about 10 years old. And then my dad remarried. And then even my dad and stepmom went through a period where they separated a couple times and we talked to them about that. And we also had my wife's uh, aunt and uncle on and they are remarried after both having been divorced. And we were just talking about like how God can redeem that. And I think it's so important what you said, because like we spent a lot of time here talking about divorce, but I think it's, it's beautiful to say like God can redeem that God can do so many beautiful things. And marriage is just such a beautiful, you know, it's it's a beautiful example of God's love for us. It really, he really does make beauty from ashes. Yeah. Like, yeah. So in, in a bunch of different ways, the, divorce is one of them. Of the yeah. day, if your story is not good, your story is not over. If you're, if you're trusting God and you know, so don't give up. If you're a part of your story where it's not good because he writes good stories, then your story is not over. Keep yeah. going. And Man. it's going to, you know, God will make it good. I did not expect us to get into this deep talk about marriage in this conversation, but I love it. It's it's good stuff. I mean, it's, I, I, you know, I just, I heard you say that I wanted to kind of talk about it because it's, I think it's, it's just, it's prevalent and it's, and it's relevant as well to our, to our, both my demographic to, to people that are newlyweds, even people that are a little bit older. I mean, it's just, it's, it's something that I think needs to be talked about more. So um, I, I appreciate you guys opening up about that because you know, it's, 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 it's truth and it's, reality yeah. you know you talk about being on a reality tv show that's reality right i mean, there. I mean yeah, real deal. that's the yeah. thing like I, I one thing that i'm really i don't know if it's a platform that i'm on but one thing i'm really trying my best to sort of i don't know i want to say champion but i don't feel like that guy you know uh, yeah. is just like y'all listen we are all a mess and we are all scared to death for, to have some visible dirt on our Sunday clothes, yeah. but we really are. And it's like, we work so hard to hide all of our ugly because we feel like no one else has that, but everyone has it. We all have I'm it. Gonna hashtag that. Dirt, you know, on, dirt on your Sunday clothes. I feel like that's no, a song. I'm writing a song. Like, we're like already, we're a song. already writing a song. <laughs> He's like, I'm already ahead of you. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're already I like song. that dirt on your Sunday clothes because we are, we are a little, afraid to have dirt on everybody's scared to because death because you come into that like environment and you want to look almost like you, you don't say it but perfection you want the world to, to see this facade and and i'm not no, don't get me wrong i don't think you should get on the loudspeaker at, down at target and tell everybody you know what your last bowel <laughs> movement or whatever you know but the, it's but time for the church to be more real i do other. think it's important that we we struggle. People struggle. You know, you know discretion is at the end of the day the better part of valor i get that but I do think we could work to be a little more transparent in that even the preacher is struggling, you know, yeah. in some areas that, that people are people. And that's why we need and a that's savior. Why you know? I hate seeing you have seen so many lately pastors that have committed suicide yeah. because I don't think they feel like they can have dirt on their Sunday clothes or be able to open up or people are going to view them differently. And that needs to change. It needs to change where it's more open dialogue about marriage, about life, about struggles. And, and I think that will really significantly help people out there. If they yeah. feel that they see people, they trust that have we, fruit in their life. We just talk like he don't even got no questions. Oh, <laughs> no, it's all good. No. Sorry. No, I'm about me. Hey. But I yeah. just think that's good. You're talking about good stuff that yeah. needs to be talk of, talked about. Well, you just tell the world, I love them, man. I just love you. And that's it. That's <laughs> yeah. the bottom line. You know, I'm a mess. You're a mess. We can just love each other. Well, and I think, you know, there, there's a lot of people that I know that have been maligned by the church and it's, it, there's different churches have different cultures and they have different environments and, and some of them might feel 
more stuffy than others. And I think that there's this expectation by some people that you've got to be perfect when you go to church. And I know that it's kind of become an overwrought saying now, but I think it's something to the lot to the effect of like church needs to be less of a museum Mm-hmm. and more of a hospital, you know, right, something like yeah, that. You're right. You're right. Yeah. And, and I think that like, we just, we don't approach it that way. Sometimes I think that we expect even our pastors to be perfect when like you're saying, I mean, they struggle just like we do. And it's, you, yeah. you know, I, I wrote something a few years ago after my home church kind of went through a split because what happened was there was an issue with the head pastor and one of the associate pastors, they got, they got asked to leave. And then a, a good portion of our church went with them and it kind of played out publicly through the news and all this kind of stuff. And it was really kind of ugly where people were saying they were going to take their tithes and give it to the pastors. And it was like, look, we don't go to church to serve the pastors. You know, we don't, we don't, we don't do like, if you're, if you're going to church, people that, that maybe have been hurt by the church, I totally understand it. But like, we serve a God not the person at the church. We don't serve the person in the pulpit, you know? And so it's just, it's, it's, difficult it's challenging because we see the people in front of us preaching the the god the word of god preaching the gospel and we expect them to be a certain way and when they're not it's disappointing but they're they're yeah, human now we always had through through all the years that we pastored the church we had a, our philosophy was to pastor from the bottom and we always mm-hmm. we always taught our leadership to lead mm-hmm. from the bottom you know like we lead from the lowliest service position. And uh, the, and sometimes that settled in people's hearts and sometimes not so much, but that really was a philosophy of, and I of think ours. If we all could just try to have a little more grace with each other within, within the body. Cause I'm not here to like down the church as a whole. The, the right. church has been my heritage. I love the church. Oh, me but, too. You know, I'm hundred percent pro the church. Be, <laughs> I would hope so. I am pro pro the church, but we sometimes we're afraid if anybody says anything, well, this needs to change a little bit, or maybe this needs to be more open and you get pushback or people don't know, no, 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 don't mess with. And, and so I think we just need to be open to have those conversations um, to, to, to make, full, you know, but what change. we do is we just strain at yeah. all of the gnats. Mm-hmm. Like do you have stage lighting or a fog machine? Who cares? Who even yeah. cares? <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, I, mean, I don't care if you sing traditional music or contemporary place, music. Find a place you yeah. love with people you love because what makes a church so great is it's the, the people. people. Right. It's, like it's those not, relationships. It's not even the pastor. They're great too, but like but that's also what great? makes it suck the most too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like I think there's an element that it, it is important to be able to connect with the pastor and their teaching, but right. whenever you start to like, you know, you see some of these mega churches and man, like oh, these yeah. pastors are celebrities and it's like, explain to me how this pastor's got a private jet. Explain to me how they're making $20 million a year. Like that is like, I saw a story recently of a pastor in some African country that was raking in $20 million. I'm like, you're preaching oh. in a country that is impoverished wow. and they're, and they're raking in millions of dollars. I mean, just like that to me doesn't, that doesn't seem right. Yeah. So. yeah. You just, and, and, I, and I think at the end, you know, you really, the thing sometimes we have to remember, you know, is I think there's things that's, you know, the same people we run out to in the world is sometimes coming, you know, it's in the church and, and, and grace and truth. And that's so hard for the church. We either lean one way yeah. or we lean all the way the other way. We, Jesus said he came with grace and truth. Yeah, but if you really and think about it's it. It's really hard. We all tend to. Well, lean. all people are faith. It's hard to do that well. Yeah, I, like, I, I was actually thinking about that on my drive today to, to town. Uh, I don't know why I just was thinking about that. Like all people of faith err one way or the other. We either err on the side of grace or we err on the side of truth, you mm-hmm. know, like, and, and there's the hard line truth. This is right. This is wrong. You better not do this. You better no not do grace for, you know, or they kind of err like Uber, everything's on, the, okay. yeah, on the side. Of, and now I'm not Uber, but I would, I would say I probably err on the side of grace. I err on the side you of know? grace. Uh, I feel like Jesus would err on the side of grace. I mean, I feel like that, but you know, he also was full of truth. So but I, mean, I do think again, you, know? you said grace and truth. So you have to have both. And to me, that's where I have to stop and ask the Holy Spirit to help. Anyway, this is, how, we're talking about other things. Oh, I know, <laughs> but it's good conversation about how to have grace and truth. You but, can I just mean, edit this. It. You're going to just yeah, have to edit the crap out of <laughs> no, it. No, it's all good stuff, man. It's all good stuff. Uh, so I guess kind of shifting gears here to kind of wrap up, what, what does life look like for you guys now? You said you're living kind of in between Mississippi and Tennessee. Are, are you still pastoring mm-hmm. or is it mostly focused on music now? Or what's what, what does life look like for you guys now? Yeah, no, you know, I, I have to, I always feel like I have to give some background to this. Whether the voice would have ever happened or not, our days of pastoring were winding down. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I actually, I can't say for sure what would have happened, but the front runner was real estate agent. Okay. <laughs> that, that, that's we, what, he just felt a shift. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, the pastoring on, on, on the inside, he was dying on the inside. We didn't it feel it like was a struggle. And it's going to be a struggle, even if you really feel like that's what you're supposed to be doing. But when you start to feel like it's time to shift into something else, then it really does become a heavy weight. And what I like to say is God used the grand gesture of the voice. That's just oh, what he, he knew used. I That's the it. vehicle he used. I don't gamble. <laughs> He's going to take the bird in the hand. I am a bird I'm in the hand kind of guy. And so I think Todd needed that grand gesture to push him into, I think God was setting him up for a different type platform, more like a boots on the ground, you like to say, yeah. ministry. And I feel like that was the gesture. Oh, man, God, yeah. I was God in the studio used. today, but we spent like half the day just talking about our faith and, and different, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just. And I do think on The Voice was your first experience of really getting to just live out your faith. Yeah. Without being just love the Lord and love people. Pul- yeah. Pulpit where sometimes. Yeah. People are like, oh, no, no, you better not talk to that one over there because you know how they're living. Yeah. His, and he really got an experience just living out his faith where people, you know, yeah. just loving people and being the hands and feet of Jesus. And I think he loved it. Oh, I love Yeah. And now I think that was freeing for him. You know, I, I like it. I don't know if I like to say it, but the truth is uh, every day when I wake up, I sort of have my daily dose of anxiety, like severe crippling <laughs> anxiety, you know, about the future and work? what it's going to look like. And if everything's going to be, a, but right now what I'm doing is uh, no kidding, man. I am knocking on every door. Yeah. I mean, we wrote this book, which is just so nuts, but you know, uh, I'm knocking on every, every door that I can knock on. I, uh, just here in the last, after, after all this work and stuff that I put in, when I say that, I don't know who all listens to your podcast. So I always preface that by saying, I understand that people have these different ideas about different things, but I hope people will understand everyone, myself, them, other people out in the world, especially in the music world and the entertainment world, everyone pays their dues in different ways. You know, mine, I, I gave my whole life musically and everything to the church, you know, and I still give it to the Lord. It's like a lot of people talking about, I can't believe you left the church. I didn't leave the church. I'm still very much part of the church. church We're we're trying to be, have a kingdom mentality here. But so I know a lot of people like, well, it's only been a year, but in that year, man, there's been a lot of fight and a lot of man, you, you really do grind and I, and you'll stay grinding. But just in the last week, I've been reached out to about three labels. I have two meetings with two of them already set up. One's next week. And we moved to Tennessee. Yeah, we, we moved to Tennessee. Church. We moved to Tennessee. So talk I've been making a lot of music. Show. I've been in the studio working on music a lot. And I got my, you know, I got my shield of faith as high as I can raise it. And my yeah. fingers crossed because that, that stands to be the most colossal waste of money in my entire life. Yeah. <laughs> It is a very expensive process. Uh, we got some chickens. Yeah, we got chickens. Uh, there we go. All right. Yeah. We're, we're, we're so, still, you know, we got another dog. We're, yeah, but I mean, we're working, man. Yeah, like, we're, uh, we're, we're putting in the work and our whole life has changed. And and it was been, a, a, I'm kind of just now kind of coming back out of a, kind of sent me in a tough little struggle there. To oh, yeah, it's not church. easy, man. I've Changing been in the same easy. church since I was 13. Yeah, we wow. We started there dating, became youth pastors. Rolled into being yeah, those people come out. If you pastors. married your wife at the same place you met her, where would you marry her? I'm like, Church. That, that, that's, that is where I married her. <laughs> yeah. So it was a big transition for me. It's still a big transition. I dealt with a lot of grief that I didn't, yeah. I mean, I expected it to be sad, but I didn't expect the level of it. So we've had to work through that, but God's good. And, you know, God did not call us to comfortable. I mean, let me just be real with you out there. You know, he's going to grow you. And and he kind of spoke to me when I was having a really hard time. He said, Brooke, you were complacent in ministry. Ministry was easy for you. You knew how to do it. And, you know, so he's stretching me and he's growing me and, um, you know, and, and kind of showing me, I kind of know what Todd has next. God's starting to just show me what Why I have next. <laughs> well, I kind of see the direction you're going in. I kind of felt like I don't even know. I thought I was going to be a pastor wife for the rest of my life. So uh, I, I've kind of had to read, but God's, God's doing that and he's good. And again, faith to faith to faith. We're in another faith that we're having to believe god for he will come through oh, yeah. and so we'll do another podcast with you down the road there we go yeah <laughs> and we'll, tell, we'll show you how he brought us from this faith we're stepping yeah. into right now man if i'm still doing this 20 years or however long it is from now then i'll be happy so yeah uh, yeah 
So the final, the final question that I love to ask my guests, and you both can answer this individually, uh, the show is called In No Hurry, and I think I mentioned this maybe at the start, but I love to hear just people talk about, like, what are you doing or what, what are some rhythms that you have to sort of slow down? You know, you talk about this, this past year has been crazy. What, are you, what, what have you been able to do and what are maybe some rhythms that you kind of implement each day to be able to slow down and just sort of recenter your life and make sure that, you know, you're not letting the demands of the world kind of take over what you feel like maybe the demands of God are. Um, I feel like I've uh, made a um, decision to be intentional. You know, like we've made some decisions with our marriage to be intentional, to take time. We used to get to do date day on Fridays. That's all shifted around. So we've just had to, I know for me, I've just entered in this new season. I have an opportunity to kind of being a pastor's wife in the old season, I said yes a lot to a lot of things. And I'm trying to really teach myself, you know, what are, let's keep the most important things most important and the important things important, but the most important things most important. And I feel like I have an opportunity now to kind of learn to say no, 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 no can be a holy word. Just like anything else. People may not think that, but saying no, when it's not something, you know, you, that you're, you know, really where God wants you at this season. And so I'm kind of having to be intentional. I think the key thing, you full on holiness. You'd be telling me no all the dang time. Well, you did. (laughs) (laughs) Marriage is a bunch of no's. When when you're married, you get a bunch of no's with each other. But for me, I think it really is just being intentional. If I'm not intentional, I will get too busy. Like if I don't intentionally say, I've got to slow this down. Let's look at our cat. Let's make time. And for me, I don't know if anybody out there listening, if you are a mother, for me, I also found like you take those moments where I just happen to have one kid in the car with me because we're riding somewhere and just have a little moment, you know, just take the little opportunities that are given to you in the shower. I was thinking the other day I needed all this prayer time because I was having a struggle and my conditioner was sitting on my head has to sit for three to five minutes. And the Lord was like three to five minutes is enough for just, just pray. Mm-hmm. Like you have three to five minutes here. And, and it, it was such like God spoke to me in that moment. Cause I'm a prayer person. So I think I like to pray. So if I can't get the good long prayer out, it ain't good enough. And so I think it's just stuff like that, making those decisions to take what's given at you and then just be intentional yeah. to make those moments in time. I will, I will say, I, I do think me and her are exactly who we say we are because mine are just like, man, I build a fire in the yard, and just, yeah. you know, yeah. and just sit there. Uh, we have a fire pit right out here. I'll go out there and sit, or, I mean, you know, not to be cliche dad, man, I'm just sitting in the recliner with the remote control <laughs> and fall asleep watching TV, you know, there we go. Uh, and, you know, I like to do those things. I like to, we do make, plans like to go we're going to go to dinner tonight even though i forgot it was friday which is going to make it probably a little more hectic but you know it's fine aren't we and uh you know we we, learned a long time ago we can't do everything and we have a lot of kids for us to slow down and just be together i mean we really now we're and it's okay though i mean to me it's okay i mean i don't hate to speak Mm -hmm. for her but like we kind of sometimes i don't want to say settle uh for like just going to the grocery store together yeah you because we got old enough kids to make sure the house doesn't come to pieces you know so hop in the truck with me and ride to the grocery store when you're or down to you the dollar to general you know remember <laughs> that you choose yeah. what you let in your life yeah. you choose it's your choice what story you want to live how you want to live your life so just remember that you know you choose and what then, you, you know let, too what you do so you can choose to do something different tomorrow so if you need to back out of some things or you need to say no just just remember that like and you don't have to be selfish to have me time like either that it's not Mm -hmm. like i've told a bunch of couples getting married as far as slowing down and things like that like i've told a bunch of couples before they get married like i'm not trying to tell you to abandon one another but your time on your own is just as important as your time together like it it may need to be less of that you know yeah but man my time away from her because you know man you run each other a long time. You don't even, you don't even want to talk to them, you know? <laughs> and you know, when you're like, you need some separation. So we've, I, I don't know that we've ever really thought about it, but I really do, man. I, I legit, I did it last night and I'm thinking, I think I'm gonna do it again tonight. We got to go back to Mississippi tomorrow, but man, I just start a fire out here and sit in I'm my chair thrifter. and then she'll, she'll come out there, I'm man. Good. And she'll, she'll bring her chair and sit by me. She'll be like, mama, mama, mama. And I'm like, no, that, <laughs> this is not for that. <laughs> It's relaxing for me to talk. This I don't is, know what's wrong this with is, you. Uh, this is quiet <laughs> and sit and you stare at the fire and that's what you, that's literally all of all the rules. And so, you know. Yeah, that's, I love that. It's like your own, uh, your own man cave out there by the fire. Yeah, so. yeah that's what I do. Man. <laughs> and the dog. Yeah, that's awesome. 
Well, guys, Todd, Brooke, and Todd and Brooke Tillman, thank you guys so much for joining me. This was, this was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed talking to you guys and hearing your story and uh, excited to, to share this with people. I'm excited for people to hear the truths that you guys were able to share. And definitely, I recommend picking up their book, Every Little Win, How Celebrating Small Victories Can Lead to Big Joy. I assume people can buy that anywhere books are sold. Yeah, it's it technically doesn't come out until the 22nd, which is oh, okay. next Tuesday. Okay. Well, lots of this will be this will come out. This will come out after that then. So they'll yeah. They'll, oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. There. There you go. So it's, it's available on everywhere. All the places. It's in all the places. All the places. I got I got lucky with the advanced copy then. I guess. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I'm special. It, yeah. It, it'll yeah. So if this is after the 22nd for sure, it's out. Yeah. People. I, I keep forgetting all of these things. Right to, here. Like we're not live right now. And if you want <laughs> to, I love to follow along people's story. Follow us on Instagram. Yeah. Follow us on all of our things. Brooke Tillman. Todd Tillman. Brooks. Brooke is now. I'm. Speaking of intentional, I'm fairly intentional on social media, but Brooke's a lot more relational probably than me. Uh, She likes to follow all the people and stuff. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm working a business, you know, and I'm trying to make yeah. yeah, I would love to follow along. So so follow us on those places because we just love to share our story and we want to we want to follow along with people's stories. Yeah. Awesome. And we love y'all. They are both so fun. I hope you guys enjoyed hearing from Todd and Brooke Tillman today on the podcast. I really appreciate them opening up and sharing their story, especially about the struggles that they experienced early on in their marriage. But I really appreciate what they have to say about just being authentic. As you can tell, like they are just who they are. And I think what you saw, if you watched them on The Voice, you saw Todd just be himself. And I think it's so true where too many people can get caught up in the fame and the spotlight whenever they're in a position like that. And it's just so refreshing to see somebody like Todd just kind of stay true to who he is. And I enjoyed talking to him because I feel like the guy that we talked to on this episode was the same guy that you would have seen if you watched The Voice. But they both just said some really, really great things, especially, like I said, about being authentic and wanting to live out the anointing that God has put on your life over what somebody else has in their life. That rings true, especially for me. That's what I've been writing about a lot this summer with my book, and I know that that's something that a lot of people who listen to the show are thinking about and praying about a lot as well. So make sure you connect with them. I'll have their social media links in the show notes. Also, you can check out the link to buy their book, Every Little Win. I definitely recommend it. If you enjoyed this conversation, I'm sure that you will enjoy the book as well. But before I sign off here, I do want to give just one little programming update. Rather than doing this show weekly, I'm going to scale back and do this every other week. For my schedule right now, that is just what makes the most sense. I've taken on a lot more responsibility at Sports Spectrum, and just as a teacher, this year has been really crazy already, and really doing this every week is just not feasible for me at this moment. I hope down the road that's something that I can get back to, but we will be doing this every other week going forward for the time being. So I would appreciate your continued prayers for this show and finding the right guests to have on here because I want to make sure that the guests that I bring on are ones that my listeners will learn from and enjoy hearing from. And I always want to bring on people that are sharing truth about faith and the gospel and sharing kind of how their creativity mixes with their faith as well. And whether you're new here or not, I would love to connect with you. If you don't already, I'd love for you to follow me on social media. You can find me at Cole Claiborne on both Twitter and Instagram. And I'm also on Facebook. If you just search Cole Douglas Claiborne, you can find my personal profile. You can find my author page. Connect with me on one of or both, whichever one of those. I'd love to connect with you. You can also shoot me an email, coleclayborn at gmail.com. would love to connect with you in any way, shape, or form. I'm just glad that you're listening and checking this show out. If you enjoyed this, it also helps if you share this with some friends who you think might be interested as well. Also, leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. It really helps to have a five-star rating with a comment as well. It helps people find the show and know that this is a show that they would enjoy hearing from as well. Think of it like an Amazon review or something like that. So make sure you do leave a nice review though. That would be much appreciated. But seriously, guys, I really do appreciate you listening and hope you guys enjoyed this. Hope you guys find some time this next couple weeks to relax and not be in a hurry. And we'll see you back here in a couple weeks.